for a bit this morning. Luke chapter 10, verse number 25. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, what is written in the law? I love how he just turns it back to him. Like, well, what does it say in the law? How readest thou? Verse 27, and he answered and said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right, this do, and thou shalt live. Amen. You can be seated. Amen. So thankful for each of you here this beautiful day uh, to worship and magnify God. Thank you. Uh, good to see some guests with us here. We're so glad you're part of the sanctuary and with us. Encourage you to worship and respond. Get everything that God has for you uh, today. Amen. A few weeks ago, I, I taught about, uh, well, I, I taught that there's, there's these three basic directions in which the Scripture talks about love. And, and, and the most beautiful one, which we've not covered yet because it's, it's just so big, but we'll cover it at some point, but it's God, God's love for us how thankful we are. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for His love, if it wasn't for Calvary, the beautiful things that were done there for us. Um, but it also, Scripture uh, talks about our love that we are to give to Him. And then, of course, the, the, what we covered a few weeks ago was our love one for another. And we covered that, but we're going to back up to the one right before that, and that is how we are to love God, how we are to love Him. And there is some descriptors that are given here, and um, you know, I actually, we're, we're going to pause just for a moment. Love one for another. I, I'm just going to pause here just for a moment. If there's anyone in the sanctuary that's on your mind at this moment, or just think of somebody very quickly, we're going to pause. We're going to pray for just a minute. Um, if anyone's on your mind, all right, you got it? Think very quickly. Just for a moment, let's just pray for that individual right now. Lord Jesus, Lord, I pray, Lord, let there be that touch, Lord, that divine direction, Lord, that you give. Lord, that only you give, Lord, let it be loose right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I love that about this church. We, we hold each other up. We love on one another. We love on guests, maybe to a fault, but I want them to know when they leave this place that, wow, those people were really glad I was there. And, uh, but we really are glad when people come into the house of God. But I want to speak specifically about the love that is directed, that's instructed from us to, to God. And here it says that a, a lawyer, uh, it, it's almost like an indictment, right? You know, we like to pick on them. We don't, I don't think we have any in the sanctuary, so we can pick on them. It's all right. Uh, uh, some other translations go at it a little bit different, and, and they, they call this, uh, an, it says, an expert in the law. And so it, it can be somewhat confusing, like, well, was it actually like an attorney type person, or was it? Well, you have to understand that the majority of religious law at that day and time, as well as communal law of how we live our life, was directed largely by the Word of God. 
And so they were very intertwined. But, but regardless, it is this person who is a very studied, intelligent person um, with the thought in mind that I will trip Jesus up. I'm going to ask him, how do I get eternal life? And, of course, Jesus just turns it around to him. But the young man's response is a very studied one, and it is very true. In fact, Jesus will back this up. Um, but he says that we're going to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy strength, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. And it was a studied response in that it was taken from the Old Testament, right? It is from Deuteronomy 6 and 5. It says, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Slight variation here from what the lawyer responded to what is written here in the Old Testament. And, and I don't know if that is from just more understanding or that is more about how it was taught. So he gave a, a deeper understanding of what these things uh, were to mean. But this is his response. And, of course, Deuteronomy says that these are the things that we should, uh, as well as hero Israel, the Lord our God is one. These are the things we're, we're supposed to talk about all the time. From when we rise up to when we go down, when we're in town, when we're in our home, to our children, to our family, all those around about. It, it are these basic principles, uh, and, and one of them is the love of God, how we love God with our heart, our soul, our mind, our strength. And so this scripture that is, we find here in Luke is, is a, a fullness of devotion. It is how we love God completely. It is not a, a one-dimension love because each of these dimensions by themselves can be very beneficial, very powerful, very good, but by themselves they also have some weaknesses. And so this response was that in this fullness of devotion, it is something that will sustain you. If you are lost in only one of these four quadrants that's given, you at some point in your life will come up against something and you will fall out of love with God. You will lose a relationship with God. But in this complete devotion, it is highly, highly unlikely. Um, but each of these have their different meanings. Um, but it's, it's easy to understand. Sometimes we, we rely on different dimensions of God's love, or not God's love, but our love to God uh, at different times. Now, for some of you, uh, when you got up this morning, uh, you made up your mind to come this morning simply because I know that's what I'm supposed to do. Now, let's be honest. I'm not asking for a show of hands. But, but some of you, the only reason you got up is like, that's what we do. That's what I'm supposed to do. Some of you thought, well, the only reason I, I'm getting up and coming today is I need something from God. And that, that at times, that, that's all right. And, and some, some of you may have woke up, thought, well, pastor's going to think I backslid if I don't, I don't show up to church. And uh, he may. And uh, you're going to get extra prayers. And uh, it, that's, it's all good, too. Uh, maybe some of you are like, you know what, my, my life is an example, and so I've got to be there. I've got family. I've, whatever the reason is, it got you here, and, and none of those reasons by themselves for a period of time is wrong, all right? Each of them have their place, and I think you'll understand when we begin to connect these with the heart, the soul, the strength, and the mind. But the first one of these dimensions is, says that we are to love the Lord our God with all of our hearts with all of our heart we are to worship him with all of our heart we're to love on him with all of our heart it's that seat of emotion for us that's what we talk about it's 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 the heart it's it's a uh, you know brother jeff texted me this weekend and 
I, I fat fingered, and if you don't know a fat fingered, a, 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 an emoji, I, I fat fingered an emoji, and, and I was just too quick to hit send. And so it's this, you know, little face. I, I was trying to send something that was like this, you know, it's somebody thinking. Yeah, I, I heard what you said, and I'm thinking. And it was just, you know, in my immediate use. It's the ones I use very often, and I, I got the one right above it and hit send. And, and so Jeff got probably pretty surprised when he saw this little face with little hearts on the eyes. And it's a seed of emotion. Obviously, I use that a lot. It's in my regularly used. And uh, Jeff got some loving this weekend. And, uh, you know, I've, it's one of my faults. I, you know, for me... It just has nothing to do whatsoever with, <laughs> but Jeff has gotten lots of texts from me, and luckily it's been Jeff, but, uh, you know, something pops up, and, and you open, open up the app, and it, it goes right to the message. You think you're in the right message, and you're responding to the wrong person, and so Jeff has heard, love you, baby, a lot. I mean, it's, it's, it's those, I, I guess me and Rachel are the ones, I, that's the only people I talk to, and if I open up the wrong message, Jeff... Jeff gets it, but maybe he needed love that day. But it, it is that heart. It, it's even iconic, right? We, we, I heart you. It's, it's that seed of emotion. It is that intense feeling that, that we have. And, and, uh, and, and we have to have that dimension of love when we talk about God. Uh, um, what we're really saying is, is I want to worship or love God. Now, now hear me. If we love only on that dimension, again, loving God in that sort of way that we're just enamored with Him, uh, that, that's okay. But if we only love Him in that way, we're saying that it's actually only based on feelings. It's just feelings. Uh, and feelings change. With Jeff this weekend, it changed suddenly. I immediately responded back. I didn't mean that. And just like that, I took the love away. And, but it, it is this, this heart love. It's, it's an emotion. And it's, it's intense. And, and yes, love can, can go deeper, but not without something else more than just attraction. Hear what I'm saying? I think we've, we've all seen this. It's, it's people that are filing for divorce, and, 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 and they say, I just fell out of love. What, what, what they mean is I am just no longer attracted. There was nothing deeper there. And so when the feelings dried up, there was nothing else left. It was very one-dimensional. And so it, it, and it has to be deeper than that. It is a weakness of this type of love. And, and, and we understand that in words we said in sickness and in health and, and for, for rich, for poor, and, and we, we've been through all that. And, uh, but <laughs> we say that, but we just don't ever dream that that's us, right? That's all the other people that have to go through that us. We're going to live on love. We're going to eat it. We're going to live on it. It's going to be shelter, a roof over us. That's just all we've got. Uh, but it's, it's a very fickle thing. Uh, it, heart love is so intense. It is so powerful. Uh, it, it can cause you to go blind to everything else. It's, it's even amazing. And, and again, at times, it, it, it's good. Uh, it can make you do some crazy things. Now, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but we probably all, how many have done some crazy things for love? And it's not even the person you're married to now, and you just thought it was love when you're 13, 14, and you did the crazy things. Uh, Jeff and I and all of us were talking that we're glad when we were young there wasn't social media, <laughs> and all of this stuff wasn't broadcast and recorded and pictures taken and posted, because sometimes you do some crazy things with this heart dimension of love. It's so powerful, so intense. 
but it's fickle. It's very fickle. It's very temperamental. Uh, Jeremiah, when he talks about the heart, the seat of emotion, Jeremiah 17 and 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? It's like, is that what we were talking about? Well, it's just that it, it can be so fickle at times. It, it, it suddenly changes feelings and it changes our opinions about things. I, I told youth, uh, the youth all while I was youth pastor over and over, and, and I didn't make it up. I'm sure I heard it from somebody. It may have been from pastor. You can't control who you fall in love with. You can only control who you date. And, and it's because if you hang around somebody for long enough, your heart just begins to get so connected. And uh, you can't see anything else. And it's those deep feelings. Um, and, and they're so, so intense. And... Uh, in fact, I remember when I was getting ready to ask Rachel to marry me, and I knew these deep emotions that we had. And so I began to pray. I was like, I've got to know if this is more than just this love, you know, this attraction type love. And so I prayed, and God gave me a dream. And I won't go to the dream, it was just for me. But it let me know that it was more than just an attraction, heart based love that was going on, because that by itself was not sufficient. Because it is somewhat fickle. It can change. It's tricky. It's hard to know the desires of it, and it, it can change. Um, God changes, though, our desires when we uh, begin to be around Him. In fact, Psalms 37 and 4, I was going to skip it, but we'll go back to it. Delight thyself in the Lord, and He will give thee the desires of thine heart. It, it's somewhat tricky. The more you study the Word of God, it, it, it almost sounds like, as long as I do everything God wants, He'll give me everything that I want. And, and, and while there may be some level of connection to uh, you know, just us living unashamedly for God and, and then Him blessing us, here's what I do know. When we live unashamedly for God, it changes what our heart desires. So I, I, I sometimes think that, oh, I'm going to do this, and then God's going to give me that. Well, number one, you can't do it with the wrong intent. And if you do it with the right intent, your heart begins to change. So it, it, it's kind of a, a tricky there. But, but it, take delight. It, we have to take delight. And this world is not our home. You know, I, the song says, I'm, I'm just passing through. We, we can't get so attached to things, and we can't live by just this dimension of this type of love. Uh, but with the exposure to God, the heart will cause you to do some pretty incredible things. Uh, you know, it, it's the introvert who doesn't want to be around people. It's not that introverts don't like people. We have to understand that. Uh, I would ask for who's introverts in the house, but I think I know who most of you are. It's a kindred spirit, actually. And it, it is not that, um, that we don't like people. It's just that's not where we draw our energy from. And so we love people, but that's not what gets us up in the morning. Uh, some of you, you get up in the morning because there's people. Uh, that, that, that's not everybody. But it, it's, it's when we begin to, it's with this intense love for God that He changes the desires of our heart. And all of a sudden, it's this person who maybe normally wouldn't go pray with somebody else, but there's just such connection and love for God that you're overcome with emotions, that you do crazy things that you wouldn't otherwise do. And those are so powerful. Those are needed. We need that dimension of love, that we love God so intentional that we call ourselves on a fast, even though pastor hasn't called it. 
sounds almost crazy. It's actually biblical. But it's just something that's inside of us that we just want to love God. And so we do things that are out of our nature. It changes even our hearts. And God begins to, to redirect us. And God begins to even change us. But we cannot survive by this intense heart love alone. Now, it sounds very romantic, but as you understand, it can be fickle. There can be conditions that change. And what happens when real trouble happens? And what happens when God doesn't seem to answer? And what happens when you're in an altar and you're begging God and you're fasting God and it seems like the heavens are shut up and you don't hear from Him anymore? God doesn't love me anymore, so I don't love Him. The feeling changes. So we cannot live on this one dimension alone. We also must live Him or love Him with our soul as well. So it's not just this heart, but it's our soul. Our soul, what is it? It's that eternal spiritual part of us that lives on. It's the eternal part of us that, that is e eternal. And Scripture says we must worship Him in spirit and in truth with this soul part of us. Uh, but there's sometimes that we don't want to recognize the spiritual side, that love of, of, of God and, and the spirit. We talk about loving God with our whole spirit, our whole soul. It sounds a little spooky. I, I, I'm going to be honest. Because here, in fact, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to ask a question after, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, because uh, this, I, I don't want to know. But 1 Corinthians 12 and 8, it says, For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But all these things worketh that which and, uh, and the same or self-same spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. And so many want to uh, discount the spirit. Why? Because one, it's, it's hard to explain sometimes. Like, God, how many of you have ever write this? God, if you want me to do that, you're going to have to put neon lights on that door and say, walk through it, right? We want a word instead of just the Spirit directing us. It's, in fact, when I read all of these gifts of the Spirit, there's some of you that, that are probably like, amen to all of them. And, and some of you are like, amen, amen. Ooh. As long as you don't use that person. Uh, because it's a little intimidating, when we talk about loving Him with our spirit, with that soul, it's the part that, that we really have to trust Him on. And it, it, it's not even like something that we can teach, uh, uh, although there have been those that have tried to teach how to. Now, I'm not teaching about understanding the gifts of the Spirit, but there have been those that have tried to teach people how to speak in tongues. I don't care what words you come out of your mouth. If it wasn't accompanied by the Spirit, it doesn't profit anything. But But... But there have been generations, I don't know how much that happens these days, but there have been generations before that really tried to do that. I mean, how many have ever owned a Honda before? Now, this is not an accusation. You can raise your hand. I'm not trying to embarrass you. I've got one in the parking lot right now. Uh, and uh, how many have ever lost your keys before? You found them, but at some point you lost your keys. Yeah, always. <laughs> She's digging in her purse right now, Sister Kathy. Uh, how many have uh, ever had something stolen from you? Something you've ever had something stolen from you, several of you. So if you put all of those life experiences together, who stole the keys to my Honda? 
You got it, right? But if you speed it up, who stole the keys to my Honda? Who stole the keys to my Honda? Who stole the keys to my Honda? You're getting the spirit already, all right? It's coming, right? I'm just kidding. I'm making light of it. It doesn't matter if I can teach you to speak in tongues or words that sound like the Holy Ghost. If it doesn't come to you by the Spirit, it is of no power. But, but it's these sorts of things that make us a little sometimes iffy when it comes to loving Him with our spirit because it's not something I can always see. It's not something that I can always completely understand. I don't even always see the end goal. I just see the open door here. And God says, if you love me, step through this door. God, where are we going? I just want you to step through this door. Well, where are we headed? I just want you to step through this door. Well, I don't understand. I just want you to love me in this way. I don't know where we're going. And, but, it, but when we love Him with our spirit, we say, God, I, I don't know what we're doing, but but okay, God, I'm going to love you in this way. God, I'm going to step through this. And, and, and we don't, and it's a little temperamental. We don't understand it at times. It's a little scary at times. It's not something that can necessarily be taught or that can be say what's, what's true and what's false. Um, there can be the fear that we're wrong, right? I want to love God with, with my whole soul, my spirit. I want spiritual things, but God, I, I'm afraid of, of being wrong. These are all normal feelings. But if we desire the, the Spirit, and, and we should desire these things, but here can be also a thing that happens. If we try to love God just by Spirit only, just going after the gifts of the Spirit and spiritual things, we can fall so in love with the miraculous and with the spiritual things, but not be in love with the God of the miracles and the God of the spiritual there are people that are wandering from church to church looking for the next spiritual thing because they are in love with the Spirit. And if they don't feel the Spirit, they don't feel that love and connection to God. But Scripture says that's only one dimension of loving God. And yes, it is important. And yes, it is necessary. But we cannot get so lost and consumed with just only chasing spiritual things. We are instructed to worship Him in spirit and in Truth, why? For God is a spirit, that makes sense, and we are filled with His spirit. Uh, and we war not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and principalities and those high things and spiritual wickedness. And, and spirit is where the miraculous happens. Spirit is where direction comes from. Spirit is what allows us to see and to sense things that are not known, and there's wisdom. And through the spirit, uh, the, the Word says He would speak to His people, instructs us to pray in the Spirit, that these are all things that the Spirit is the comforter, it's where the peace is, it's where the refreshing is, it's where the rest is, is in the Spirit. All of these things are, are necessary. So we must live and love God in this spiritual dimension. And it leads us into truth. Yeah, you probably have these odd questions at times people ask you, and it's almost like the lawyer, they want to trip you up. And they ask you about some level of holiness that kind of marks the way that we live our life, a lifestyle standard of, of how we live our life. And, 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 and when people ask that at work or wherever, I, I give them a, a quick response, but I don't dwell there. I don't give them a Bible study there. I want to bring them back to the Word uh, of death, burial, and resurrection. I want to bring them back to repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, and infilling of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because some of the things that I know are biblical knowledge and wisdom, they will never see until they're filled with His Spirit. 
So I've got to get people filled with His Spirit before they're going to understand some of the mysteries that we still debate back and forth. And so I've got to get them filled with the Spirit. So all of these things, we, we must love Him. We must live and dwell in the Spirit. So, okay, I just want to live in the Spirit only. That sounds like the place for me. That is a wonderful place. And one day, rest assured, one day, that's what it's going to be like. It's just forever in the Spirit with Him, walking on streets of gold in the glory of glories in heaven. It's going to be beautiful. It is forever eternal, and that's what it'll be like. But today, we're still human. You can pinch somebody next to you. They're still human. They scream. I don't do that, but, but they're still here with us. And, and so that while there will be a day for that, we cannot so lose ourselves in the Spirit. One, we can be deceived if it's not grounded in the Word and the truth. All those concerns we're concerned about, I don't know if it's real, I don't know if it's correct. If it's not grounded in the Word and you're not loving Him in spirit and truth, worshiping Him in spirit and truth, you can follow after the Spirit and you can be chasing all sorts of things that aren't going to get you to heaven. You can be chasing all sorts of things that, uh, that, that are not good for you spiritually, that may bring you away from Him. Um, also, diving into this, while it is so wonderful, powerful, and to be lost in the Spirit, and it's good. Don't understand, when I talk about the negatives, that doesn't mean we shouldn't. It just means we can't be that one-dimensional. When we love Him in this way, uh, it, it, people, we've seen people that are just so spiritual, they can't relate with anybody. They can't talk with anybody. They really, if you asked them, they'd rather be shut up on a commune somewhere with just them and God. And it sounds divine sometimes, right? It's introverts unite, but separately. That's what a deer stands for, just peace. But, but we want to separate ourselves, and we just be lost in the Spirit all the time. And I'm just going to love God on that dimension, but we fail to reach the mission of what God called the church to do to reach the lost. And, and we can't always lost in the Spirit and never touching, never being with people. We can never reach people. And so we cannot live on that one dimension alone. We, it, it'll cause us at times to neglect people, to neglect even family, to, to separate, to create a divide from us because we're so confused. Why can't they see what I see? Well, one, they're not filled with the Spirit like you are. But two, you're going to have to have some other dimensions in your life to still connect with people, to still love people. It can be frustrating. You're teaching a Bible study, and probably any of you have taught a Bible study before, and, and, and you're talking about baptism in Jesus' name, and, and we're going through all these scriptures, and I'm like, yeah. And you understand that? Yeah. Believe that? Yeah. And you get all the way through, and like, you ready to be baptized? No. And it can be so frustrating. Why do I waste my time with this if... And you have to understand that some things that come by the Spirit, there, there, there's got to be some time. Uh, we have to balance this. All right, I need to move on. We've got to balance it with the, our heart, our spirit, and we also have to have strength. Strength. What does that mean, strength? How do we love Him with our strength? It has to cost you something. If this faith never costs you something, you just kind of come and go through the motions you're missing a vital part of loving God and living the mission. You must be, it's a time it's going to be toil, a time it's going to be work. Strength comes from work, it comes from resistance, and it's our hands to the plow, and at times it's sacrificing personal desires. 
Uh, but God is called, let me back up. God, God's not calling everyone to a pulpit ministry. Understand that. But he is calling every single spirit-filled child of God to ministry. It may not be pulpit ministry. I, I've got that. Understand that. But, it, you know, in, in kind of this New Testament uh, thinking, we, we, we've got, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come back. I'm, I'm studying. I've got a lot of work done, but it's, it's an intense study. It probably won't be to the beginning of next year. We'll, we'll come back to some of this topic. Uh, but we've got some things so backwards that, that we think that, that ministry is what happens here and only here or there or only here. There's very limited places that ministry happens, but that, that's not what the Word of God says. Jesus said the fields are white and ready unto harvest, but the laborers are few didn't say the pastors. It didn't say uh, these spiritual uh, men or women of God, uh, just the prayer warriors. It's just we need laborers. There has to be a connection. It's going to have to be invested in this thing. That is one dimension, and it's a vital dimension of how we show our love to God is that it is costing me something. I am putting my strength, my effort into it. You say, how backwards could we have it? If, if you look at a study was done of people that come to church and stay in church, now, I, I'm glad that pastors made the list. I, yeah, I am. But they were not number one. So the reason that people come to a church and stay in the church, it accounts for about 6 to 8% of people. This pastor alone, no other influence, pastor alone. Like, again, I'm glad we're there. <laughs> but sometimes I get so worked up about how cool the message is and how innovative it is. And, and I, it's only going to be, it's only, it doesn't matter how much I pour out myself, at best, it's 6 to 8% is really meaningful in keeping people as a part of the church. But 70 to 90% are from relatives, families, and coworkers, somebody that the church has a personal influence in their life. So in other words, ministry, while it is important here, if we talk about growing a church in revival, it's much more important where you sit than what happens up here. And that is a dimension of how we love God is with our strength, with our work, with our effort. Because the scripture says the laborers are few. I am convinced that when a church is suddenly no longer short of laborers, but there are people that are willing and ready to say, I, 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 I'm shaping up, I'm doing whatever you want, Pastor. If you, if you need me to do something else, I'll do it. And that way I can step into another area of ministry. When, our, when the church is no longer short of laborers, there will be unprecedented revival. Why? Because the fields are white. The only thing that's lacking, Scripture says, is laborers. But it's going to cost us something. David had sinned. He'd numbered the people. He had repented, and he was needing to build an altar. And so he went to, the, uh, to Aruna, who offered the threshing floor to make the sacrifice. He said, here, take whatever animals you want. Take whatever instruments you want. Do whatever you want. Just go ahead and make the sacrifice. You can have it. You can use it all. And David said, I, I can't do it. He said, neither will I offer burnt offerings unto my God of that which doth cost me nothing. He said, in other words, I've got to be invested in this. I can't just sit in, in the presence of God and be content. My love for God is, is also part of what I do unto Him. I cannot do it with borrowed things. I, I, I've got to move. But, but we cannot build our relationship on God by what somebody before us has invested in the kingdom of God. We cannot create and grow a revival or grow a church based on what a previous generation toiled and brought out with their hands. 
We can't do it. We're not throwing what they've done away. We're taking it, but we've got to put our hands now to the plow and say, you know what? We're ready for revival, God. Use me, anoint me, bless me, teach me, show me, lead me, guide me. And then there will be revival because we must love him with our strength. And lastly, we must love him with our mind. Love him with our mind. It's that part of you that you don't want to, but you're going to do it anyway. It's that part of you that says, I don't feel like it, but I'm going to do it anyway. It, it, it's powerful, but by itself, it can be somewhat robotic. In fact, it can become even somewhat traditional. And the music begins to play, and we just stand because that's what we do in Pentecost. And uh, the music's got a good rhythm. We're going to clap. That's just what we do in Pentecost. And, 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 and not just because of what we do in Pentecost, it's scriptural. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making up something that's not in the Word of God. We lift up our hands, we dance, we jump. All of that is biblical, scriptural, and sometimes we do it even though we don't feel it. And, and yes, we've all done that before. You start worshiping and all of a sudden something connects. You didn't feel it when you started, but then something connects. But if we don't allow that heart part to connect and we just do it out of tradition, it loses all of its power. And it becomes that robotic compartment that just the things, the motions that we go through. It discounts the spiritual, the, the supernatural, because you can't explain it. It, it sometimes defies the intellect. And so uh, it, there's, there's the safe part that's, that's there. But if, if you mix that mind belief, the truth, the Word of God, and, and again, even when you don't feel it, you worship, and, but you allow the heart to connect. You allow it to be your labor of your hands. You allow the other dimensions of how we're instructed to love God. It, it can be that even when you go through the hardest trials of your life and you still don't feel Him, and you still can't see how He's going to make a way. You still don't see how He's going to get you out. You still don't see how He's going to put it all back together. You still don't understand what in the world He's doing with you. And, and you've tried to follow the will of God. And now it seems like you can't even hear anything from Him. And you're lost in prayer. And you're lost in worship and studying the Word. And it just seems absent of any power of anything that you once felt. But if you allow just the mind to know what Job must have felt in 13 to 5, though he slay me, though I can't feel it, though I can't see it, though I can't understand it, though I can't explain why it's happening, though I pray and it doesn't seem like anything happens, yet will I trust him. But I will maintain my ways before him. It is not simply by feelings or reality or spiritual but it's just who I know God to be. And sometimes we declare those things. I know who He is. And I know He's faithful. I don't feel it right now. But I know my God is faithful. I don't have healing yet. But I know the Word of God says He's a healer. I don't feel deliverance yet. But I know my God says He's the deliverer. And when we allow that what our mind knows from the Word of God, that truth, that is in the Word of God, to connect with the Spirit, to connect with our heart, to all of a sudden that mind words that are just saying connects and it becomes faith. And we know faith can accomplish much as we all stand in this place. We, we have to love Him on all those dimensions. At times, one or the other will sustain you through some hard times, some difficult times. 
may involve you and make you do some crazy things that you never saw yourself doing. But that's, that's part of it. We've got to love them with our heart, our soul, our strength, and our mind. All of those. That is complete love to Him. When we love Him through all those dimensions, that is complete love. Can we pray that God would touch us in that way to embrace that? Lord Jesus.